Good morning and welcome. My name is Matt Fitzsimmons and my colleague on the other side of the camera is Steady McKee. We are the co-authors of the best small business in the world and we are the hosts of this podcast. Welcome along. How are you being, Steady? I'm good, Matt. Been good. Uh, we're recording this on election day, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I just hope everyone's safe, my friend. Um, oh, yeah, just, for sure. I, yes. That's um, that's the key thing. Elections are, are wonderful expressions of democracy. You have a wonderful democracy. Uh, I just hope everyone hope everyone is just safe and um, getting out there and expressing their democratic uh, rights and their thoughts, which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about psychometric profiling um, in the context of owning a business and, and, and running a team and, and all that sort of good stuff. Now, before we get too far into it, we're going to make you an offer that is quite simply irresistible. Because if you want a copy of a book I wrote a long time ago called Psychometric Profiling, the Backdoor Key to Success. In fact, I wrote it in 2013. 2013, I wrote this. Um, it's still valid. I use it today. I will for free send you a digital copy if you would like. Um, either Matt at mattfitsimmons.com, send me an email there. Head to our website, thebestbusinessintheworld.com, or sturdy, you are sturdy at sturdycoaching.com. Sturdymckee.com. Sturdy at sturdymckee.com. Fantastic. So if you'd like, we're going to make you the same offer at the end, and we're going to repeat those emails. If you didn't catch it then, then if you need to, just hang around, and, and at the end of the podcast, we'll, we'll talk to you about that and make you an offer that you simply cannot refuse. Um, the fun thing about psychometrics is that it's a really fun thing. Psychometrics is it's a tool that's been developed for about 120 years. And there's a whole bunch of really famous people who have developed it into what it is now. Um, Steady, I know that you and I have similar profiles. From a on a disc perspective, yeah. A disc perspective, exactly. Yeah. So and it, one of the reasons sorry. Sorry about the dog barking. She's protecting me. I don't know what from. <laughs> from a crazy Kiwi possum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You get, you get sort of the, the dog sort of, and I'll talk about where disc has come from. <laughs> right ahead. So disc has been around for about 120 years. It's been researched by a bunch of people. There are different types of psychometric profiles. Disc is only one of them. You possibly have heard of other types. There's the Enneagram which I've never really looked into, but I've heard it's a bit fluffy for sort of my profile. There's Myers-Briggs, which has been recently debunked, and there's DISC, and oh, there we go. <laughs> That's the D part of his profile. <laughs> <Beat> me. <laughs> um, I tend to use DISC profiling because I find that it's the most accurate and it's the most researched, and from a real-world business perspective, it's the most applicable. So, um, you, you get a profile, it's really reliable. So depending on which, which profile that you fill in, it's a very, very reliable way of gaining an understanding about how a person will think and act under stress, uh, and more importantly, how they're going to communicate. So, yeah, that, Matt, that's what I really like about it is it's the, for me, it's the communication styles. And as you said, you kind of will revert to certain habits or default patterns, I guess, when, especially when you're under stress, right? But what it allowed me to do in my business, when we profiled 
was started with the leadership team. We had 11 people that we profiled. It suddenly gave insights into the different communication styles and how people processed and reacted and, and you know, expressed themselves and allowed me to adjust myself to meet them at least part of the way, you know, um, which was incredibly helpful. And how did you find that it, um, it worked in building a, a relationships with people? Oh, it was, it, I, I can't imagine. It, it's one of those things that when you see it, when you go through it and you do it, you can never really unsee it again, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's kind of invisible beforehand. You may not get it, you may not understand, but as soon as you have this framework of understanding how people are talking to each other, how they're processing or reacting, you, you I mean, I, I use it subconsciously now. I notice behaviors and affects and how people communicate. And then, you know, I can better adjust what I do. It's become habit because it's been over a decade, you know, that I've been doing this or using it. So it's become a little bit more of a habit or, um, and it's especially, especially under times of stress or especially if somebody else is stressed out, figuring out and kind of being able to adjust and accommodate to them. You know, the other thing that was so instrumental, and, and you, you're one of the people that taught me this too, was when you have these different people, right? You and I, you're kind of a DI, right? I'm a, a high D. Those are, we won't go into all the details, but I mean, those are, you make decisions quickly, you move forward quickly, you, you know, you're, you're not going to slow down and process. The S's and the C's will spend much more time processing. So when we were entering into a strategy day or something, we'd ask certain questions and send them out to the team, right? A week in advance and allow yes. everybody yeah. right, time to process, time to think about it, time to write their answers down, time to go back and edit. Um, and the thing was the, the S's and the C's on the team were not necessarily the quickest to respond to everything, you know, to these questions or on the fly during a meeting. But what I learned over time was, and, and actually fairly quickly, which was good, many times their answers were the most thoughtful and the most productive, but we had to give them the space to come up with it. Mm. And we made as an organization better decisions with better traction, better adoption within the organization because we were intentionally implementing these processes to be more inclusive, more aware of the different communication styles of different personalities, the different way people think about and process information. And isn't it funny because you don't change the, the, the message itself, it's just the way it's delivered. So everything you're saying is exactly the same. You're just delivering it in a way that's more palatable for a, a person with a different profile to yours. Exactly, um, exactly. One of the things I really like about working with you, Sturdy, is that we've both got D in our profile. So we can get straight to the point with very little fluffing around, which is really cool. Um, but that's that's unique between you and I. Uh, also, we've got history, so we kind of understand where we're coming from. But um, as a starting point, it's a really powerful tool because I just sit there and go, oh, yes, Daddy just wants the executive summary, as do I. So rather than going into all the detail, which we will get to when we talk, it's straight to the point, right? We can have relatively short meetings and, and get straight on with it because that is our profile. Um, and it's really interesting to see people under stress because they go back to their natural profiles. Um, I can tell you a story um, once about when I went back to my natural profile um, and how it really played out. And I got an understanding of what my profile actually looked like in a really intensely um, serious life-threatening situation. So 
there's a beautiful river called the Whanganui River, uh, which is about uh, 100 miles south of me. Um, and you, um, you can paddle down it over. Um, is that dog playing up again? <laughs> um, you can yeah, paddle down it. mute when I tell her to lie down. Sorry. <laughs> Dogs are always welcome on our podcast, mate. <laughs> um, so it takes like a three-day journey down the river, and we were an hour into this journey. So we're on open Canadian uh, canoes, and we had, you know, all the accompaniments to to go to stay in the bush. Um, so we had um, red wine, fine food, um, like all the, you know, just the basics. We just, you know, we just did the real basics. We had some good French bubbles. Um, we had lamb, you know, all that. Anyway, so we're going down the river for about an hour and we came across this this guy who was in a kayak so a sit inside kayak and he bent himself around a uh, a rock in the middle of the river and this was outside of cell phone reach and uh, none of us had pfds so um a a satellite communication device so we were in really a spot of bother this guy was going to die um if we didn't get him out of the river he'd been there for about sort of 20 minutes and the river was rising um, I went back at that point because I was relatively experienced in the river. I'm a kayaker. I've been kayaking off cliffs and, and, and waterfalls for a long time. So I understood the predicament that he was in and the fact that he was pinned by water. So the seriousness of the situation didn't escape me. Anyway, long story short, I went back to my default profile, which is DI. So I can be very forthright and direct, but I'll do it in a, well, if I can, a nice way. Um, so I, I, what I did is I... I took charge of the situation and I had no problem doing that. So I, I directed people to go down river, find somebody with a cell phone or a satellite phone or whatever, and go and get help. And we are going to try and rescue this guy in the middle of the river. Anyway, as it turns out, we um we rescued him with about five minutes before the jet boat came screaming around the corner, which would have taken about 30 seconds to, to save this guy. But it was interesting to see that under an immense amount of stress, uh, in a very uncomfortable situation, I went from happy-go-lucky mats floating down a river with some friends to, no, no, I need to take charge of this. I'm the most experienced person and I need to, to direct it. Now, that's not to say that I made all the decisions because I didn't. There was a rope guy there who knew lots about ropes. There was another guy there who was an expert in um, um, bushcraft and hypothermia and all that type of stuff. So I relied on them. But Th there was a plan of action and I was kind of directing that along with being in the thick of the action at the same time. So immense amount of stress, um, all that. As soon as it stopped, I went back. Okay, that's me. I'm done. Took a back seat and all the other people um, sort of took over. And my partner at the time had an S profile, and which is, which is quite the opposite of mine. And she's very caring and nurturing. So she looked after me because I was suffering from a bit of mild hypothermia at that stage as well because I've been in the river for about three hours. Um, so she went into that nurture and caring role, which is what I needed at that point. But it was it was amazing to see that play out in real time. And it was only when I reflected, I saw, wow, yeah, that was me being as pure of me as I could possibly be, if that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, it totally does. It totally does. Um, so for those that are kind of curious, I mean, you got to check out a little bit more about what the disc shows you, right? And it's only one tool. What you want to talk about a little bit of, uh, you know, we're both believers in more psychometric profiling or thinking about the behavioral and psychometric aspects of your target customer, right? Versus a demographic. Because what everybody uses demographic, right? And my, here's my pet peeve about that. When you're doing an age range and a gender and whatever, we're basically making a whole bunch of assumptions. 
right? So we're stereotyping and assuming and really trying to define the middle of the bell curve. Because if we put my, the challenge question I ask my clients to think about is, okay, if you identify your target customer as a 40 year old female who, you know, has two kids and whatever, okay, put a hundred of those people in a room together and figure out what they agree on, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to run the gamut. They're going to run the spectrum on so many different things, whether it's religion or politics or prioritization of their, you know, kids or their values or where they spend their money or, you know, it's going to be all over the place. So I really like going back to the values and behaviors of the person. And, you know, one of the reasons is a lot of that kind of standard demographic stuff that's still sticking around. It's sticking around largely because you can count them, right? So if you're going to do a pitch, a pitch deck and you know raise money from angels or VCs or look at market share or whatever, you can count those people easily when you do a kind of a traditional demographic model. But for most small businesses, it's all that's not really worth much. Mm. What yeah, do you think? 100%. No, I think it's absolutely right. And um defining your target market is 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 fraught with problems at the best of times. Um one of the issues that you have with all the different ways that you can sort of identify who you want to have a conversation with. People don't use this as a tool and it's a really well understood tool and it's a really helpful tool because once you've identified your target market and, and using these as some of the tools to do that, then you can craft a message and a product for that person. So for, for, for D profiles like you and I, we want to be in and out. I don't want the fluff. I don't want the detail. I just want to get the job done, get in, get out and away I go. If I'm the opposite of us, so that S profile, I probably want to feel like I'm being cared for and I'm being nurtured and supported all the way through this. You and I probably don't need as much support, if you will, in the same way as what a different profile would, would require. So from a designing your product or service uh, model, then it's critical that you understand what actually is the conversation going to sound like with each of the different profiles. Because there will be, it'll be the same conversation, but there'll be some subtle tweaks. Well, and the timing so, will be different. Oh, right? yeah. yeah very right. I mean, that's one of the biggest things, like when you're thinking about these different communication styles that I've taken away is the processing time and the need, the, the time it takes to get comfortable with an idea, the time it takes to implement a change. And it's not a good or a bad thing. Again, that's not a value statement. That's not me saying, oh, quicker is better. In many cases, it's not. That's something I learned in running my own business was, you know, again, some of the answers, some of the, the ideas that were come up that, that the folks kind of on the other side of the profile came up with often were much more thoughtful, were much better, much more thorough. And by slowing down, we were able to make, you know, it, it's the old adage, slow down to go fast. Um, you know, it really worked when you were thinking about the decision-making process take the time to ask 